Hi, everyone, and welcome to Cloud Junkie, the no PowerPoint cloud show. I'm your host, Leslie Kenny, VP of Marketing for Crayon US. If you can't stay for the entire live show, don't worry. Just head on over to crayon.com slash cloud junkie. That's junkie with an IE. Um, and you can find this episode on Spotify. Today's podcast is titled Get Your Ask in the Cloud. Uh, we just know that as technology leaders start to transform, we want to help empower them to include um, either partially or entirely cloud in their future plans and budgeting ask. And today, we are so thrilled to have with us David Totten, Chief Technology Officer of Microsoft One Commercial Partner. Um, David covers more than 2,000 partners and more than 200 Microsoft architects and strategists. So uh, welcome, David. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Leslie. I love it. Cloud Junkie, my favorite podcast name so far. Um, and I love fantastic. To, I love that you had to remind people how to spell it. That's that's how you know it's a it's a good theme that we're on. Uh, the Cloud Junkie. I love it. For sure. So look, I'm dying to know uh, what what keeps you up at night. When you wake up at 3 a.m., I know I'm I'm worried about you know Dynamics 365 marketing and my, <laughs> my marketing automations and stuff like that. What keeps you up at night? You know, I have, this is a good question. I mean, I have a plethora of things. I have three boys uh, that, um, you know, have, have, have different needs in the middle of the night, right? Four, seven, and nine years old. Uh, so every once in a while, one of them will spook me and, and keep me up at night. As it relates to sort of just things in general, it's been a, it's just been a hard year, right? Um, you know, and I think a lot about, honestly, my team and their safety. And I sell, people all the time when we have internal conversations, I talk about, you know, my job's pretty easy. I only have to do two things. One, provide a ton of utility to partners and the and the marketplace here in the US for, for growing Microsoft's footprint. That's job number one. And then job number two is I have to maximize the experience for my people. So that's really the two things that I sort of think about all day long. Like, how do I make sure we're getting the most utility out of my team possible and they're driving innovation and and we're leveraging that talent but then how do i make sure they get paid that they're healthy that they're safe that they have work-life you know flexibility and so i'm constantly sort of waking up with i should have done that differently or i could have had that conversation earlier or i need to talk to this person about what we do differently um that's the stuff that sort of wakes me up and i'm a i'm a journaler i don't know if you write i'm a journaler um and so i have stacks of papers next to my bed and, and in paper Oh actual my goodness. Pen and paper. I journal in OneNote. Yeah, actual <laughs> pen and paper. And my hand, just for the record, my handwriting's awful. So I, I I write down all this stuff and then like, you know, the day later or two days later, I go to read it. And I know like thematically, I get it. I can follow along. But when you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning with scribbles on, um, sometimes you you take some of those and you just write it off as, well, he, it was probably a good idea at the time, but I don't know what it means now. So um, sure. that's my, so, that's what keeps so, me up at night. So speaking of keeping you up at night, um, let's talk about Microsoft Cloud Security. So uh, the recent exchange incident. So what, what what happened there, David? Yeah, well, that doesn't keep me up at night. <laughs> um, no, it does, that, it does. Um, yeah, that, so listen, we have a lot of vulnerabilities in software in general in the world. We, we've been built on vulnerabilities. That's how innovation and new product releases happen. Um, you know, we have a patch cycle every week for every one of our products and we release on our cloud-based systems, multiple times a day, we release uh, updates and and product innovation. And so, um, you know, with the recent on-premise exchange, it, it wasn't anything unique that we haven't seen before. I think what the issue was is we're coming off of the SolarWinds, um, you know, break, which for the record, and 
just while we're discussing it, wasn't on our public cloud platform, just to be clear. Um, but we're coming off of that where it was a really intense, focused attack. And I think there are a lot of CIOs and, and CEOs, frankly, that were very worried about another like attack like that. So then when Hafnium came in and said, okay, we found a vulnerability in exchange and we went through and, and tried to exploit it, um, there were a couple problems. One, you've got this bad PR mess with, with SolarWinds and the fact that actual customer environments were, were compromised. Second piece is, you know, Hafnium targeted on-premises exchange. I, I don't, I've been in IT technology for 23 years now. I, I don't know one company that doesn't have on-premises exchange somewhere, right? Like maybe there's a server in a closet somewhere or under somebody's desk. And so the 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 penetration of the market is essentially like you you basically just polluted drinking water is, is sort of how I would how I would sort of resonate it in IT terms. So so that's a that's a problem. Um, now the good news is is the port they attacked and how they attacked and whether or not it could be sniffed out is not that uh, aggressive or or developed. Um, and frankly, we have vulnerabilities that get spotted all day long in in on-premises products. That's why we that's why we sort of patch and everybody does. the The one lesson I would say is that's a, a perfect example of why we continue to just plead with customers to get to the cloud, right? So just let me get back on theme here of getting to the cloud because, if you think that you or 10 IT administrators or 100 IT administrators, you know, can snap to these vulnerabilities and patch your systems faster than a company like Microsoft can, I just I just don't believe it. I mean, I want to see it. I want to be proven wow. wrong. That sounds a little egotistical it. almost, I mean, doesn't it? Is. It? <laughs> it is. I feel pretty good about the thousands of engineers we have and the 10 plus billion dollars of R&D we spend on this because that's what we do. We spot these things and we fix them. Um, and so so how do you deal with it when there is a business or enterprise that says, oh, I'm not going to the cloud? I mean, I, I've been hearing that for years and years and years. Not going to go there, not there now, not going to go there. How would you respond to that? How would how should someone like Crayon respond to that when one of our potential customers says that? It's a, it's a good question. I mean, I would say um, I'm always I'm confused now, right? Because the pandemic sort of forced everybody's hands. You can't go into the office. You can't physically go in and update a server. You can't go and physically touch a workstation if we're trying to keep people uh, healthy. And so when people say I'm not going to the cloud, it's typically based on a fear of something, right? Or a concern of something, maybe it's a cost, maybe it's I've been doing things a certain way for a certain amount of time and I don't wanna, I don't wanna you know, disrupt or, or, or disturb the apple cart. Um, but we do hear it sometimes. And just for the record, we, we make a lot of money on on-premise software as well. Um, <laughs> the, the one thing I would say is, the cloud enables people to drive scale, security, reliability, and just this extensive use of new technology faster, right? And more effectively. And so I always ask, you know, business decision makers when we have that conversation of, you know, you don't want to work faster, you don't want to work more efficiently, you don't want to be secure, you don't want to get access to the latest and greatest right now, as opposed to procuring a server, buying it, having it shipped to you, configuring it, setting up an image, connecting it uh, to your local area network and then firing it up, the cloud enables immediate real-time, you know, pay-as-you-go operating model at a much more secure and scalable level. And because of that, right, most people sort of think about that and they're like, okay, well, let me try something, right? Let me, let me, let me just, let me throw one project or one server or, or one experience into this cloud um, and, and sort of see what happens. And, 
that's why also, you know, 99% of companies are hybrid, right? They still have some workloads they don't trust yet. They're just not there yet, right? Um, they're not there at the, the trust but verify stage maybe. And then you've got a, a lot of other companies that are all in on the cloud and they're slowly in, in, in moving so more and more information to the cloud. And so when I hear customers say, hey, I'm just, I don't believe in the cloud. I'm like, why? Like, why? <laughs> like, just, just please, why? You know, it's, it's, and, and it's honestly, it's at this stage. Cause like five years ago, I was sort of like, okay, I get it. Maybe you're a law firm and you feel like you have to have on-premise records that can be subpoenaed. Like people, people want that vision of police storming an office building and carrying out servers, right? Like That's hilarious. My, You're right. It's, That's it's it's mine and I own it and I want to control it and I want to be able to to manage who has access to it and I'm accountable for it. Um and people want that control. So that was 5 years ago I was that way. Now now when somebody says that to me I'm always like it's, it's like a dialogue with my mother-in-law i'm like why why like what are you doing what are you talking about um and and so, so my tone has changed my patience level has changed but i get it like again it's a control thing um it's a confidence thing and that's why i mean frankly leslie that's why you and me and our companies just we just have to do more to touch more clients to make absolutely. it easy simple safe to to to, to, to make it consumable for them and so if there's a customer who says, I don't know where to start, I mean, and that's, we hear that a lot too. Where do I even start? Do I start with moving one workload? How do I start? Where do I start? When do I start? What's your best advice to just getting started? Yeah, I mean, two pieces. Remember, I, I work in our sort of partner ecosystem. The first the first piece is just just start. Just just commit yourself to start, right? Just like on January 1st, we commit to do more more sit-ups and more push-ups and, and eat better, drink less wine, um, than we did, you know, on December 31st, right? Just start, just make the commitment, make the mental adjustment, make the confirmation that you want to start exploring how to save money and be more efficient. Okay. So that's, that's, that's number one. Um, once you do that, that's why we invest so much in relationships. Like Crayon is a really good example. You guys have taken our challenge to say, Hey, we need to simplify, make sure your people are skilled and make sure you have a value prop that you can take to clients. So my 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 go-to is always just call somebody who you've been doing business with in the past, like Crayon, and help and, and let them do an assessment on, hey, here's the workloads I have. Where can I save money? Where can I get better scale? Where can I try something and you can show me how it works or not? And so we always say engage a partner because we've invested a ton of money in training, certifying, making sure that our partners have the right skills and services to go and look at your specific environment, understand the outcomes you're trying to drive. And then and then help you with that roadmap on how to get to the cloud. And so um, those are sort of the two things. You could say, hey, what workload is it? I, I mean, I think Exchange is a pretty good workload to get to the cloud at this stage, right? <laughs> like I, I think you're still doing email based on your Exchange server under your box. Stop it. Stop. Stop being so silly. Like let's go solve some problems that are worth solving. Um, you know, other workloads we saw just pop during the pandemic. Obviously, Teams meeting and calling. Um, I am in collaboration, co-authoring on documents wherever you are in the world. And then Windows Virtual Desktop, you know, people want access to their data, their their infrastructure, their experience, wherever they are. Um, and so Windows Virtual Desktop is a great product wherever you are to make sure you're accessing your information, all powered by the magic of the cloud. But it's really just about making sure users get access and can be productive wherever they are um, at any point in time in a secure in a secure way. Yeah, so uh, speaking of Teams meetings and calling, did you know that today is the deadline 
uh, during this recording to uh, submit for the Microsoft Partner of the Year Award. I, <laughs> and do you I, know, I, you know who's responsible for submitting the team's meetings and calling nomination? Is that, can, can, yes, can, is that you? Can, is that you? Can, can you help us out with that, David? And here you are spending time with me. I will say I've gotten a few pings on, can we quote you and our partner? I, I will say this, Crayon, you guys have earned it, right? Your guys are not only doing the blocking, I call it the blocking and tackling, the core productivity workloads, the server workloads, the data workloads, but you're also driving to what we think is the next generation of opportunity for clients, right? We are just so untapped at AI, as an example. How to use process automation, data ingestion, and then analytics and AI to make decision making faster and better and, and more logical. And you know, the companies that thrive during the pandemic are the ones that are able to use their experience, their core competency, their product, um, their customer history, the ones that are able to use that information and then be a more effective right solution provider for their sure. clients based on leveraging AI. And you guys are on the cutting edge of just again, helping companies be more profitable with a less heavy touch experience. And I think that that's a really good example of something that you know we're you know goofing off talking about exchange and WVD, but really like advanced workloads, data and AI is where the the, the future really lies. So speaking of data, um, I've been hearing a lot about the year of data. So can you tell us a little more about that and what uh, businesses businesses should be doing around Microsoft's year of data? Yeah, it's it's sort of uh, I think they called it the year of data because we got a bunch of sort of um, Star Wars dorks here and they just wanted to write Yoda on a bunch of of <laughs> you know like they just want to write Yoda on a bunch of 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 flyers and and t-shirts and stickers. Um, well, but what I do think is that you know Microsoft um, you know acknowledges that a lot of enterprise customers have different products and they have different you know um, they have different servers or or, or different on-premises products. And so there was sort of this race to infrastructure, VMs, compute, storage, that's sort of how cloud really gained, you know, momentum, this IaaS workloads. And I just read a report actually recently from Gartner where it was sort of like the IaaS workloads in the cloud are 22% penetrated in the US, 22%. So back to our earlier part of the conversation, there's still a ton of work to do to get why are you have your own server? Just spin up a VM. It's so easy. It's cheap. You pay for what you use instead of just paying for this, you know, box under your desk. So, so there's still a lot of work on IaaS to get to the cloud. But really, where the value of these sort of extensible public cloud platforms are is around the data estate and and really creating wherever your data gets touched from if it's mobile if it's an iot product if it's a sensor somewhere if it's a website if it's a physical in-store experience you want to be able to grab data from multiple different places and then you need to ingest it and then you have to standardize that and once you standardize all that right capture it ingest it standardize it then you can create a data lake where you can actually drive these analytics and ai algorithms against and so that's why we've invested so much into our infrastructure, both on the SQL data warehouse side and the scalability of that product in the cloud, but also in something like Synapse, which is this unbelievable analytics platform that gets you insight into every piece of your business, customer, internal, partner, distribution, supply chain, line of business apps. The, the whole point of this is to make companies more productive, to make them more profitable, to shorten product development life cycles, to make sure that we've got a different customer loyalty and support experience. And so when we say sort of year of data, it's because 
you know, we've sort of been focusing on productivity workloads moving to the cloud, and then it was sort of an IaaS push for compute and storage, and that's still important. But really where customers get value out of the size, scale, reliability of the cloud is on this common data platform, right? Where you can leverage your own data as well as the algorithms and data sets that we can provide, and you can actually get Intel out of that, right? If you, if you just move a VM, you're just being more efficient and more secure. If you actually create a, a, a common data model that leverages best practices from 45 years of enterprise computing experience like Microsoft has, now all of a sudden you're turning it into a competitive advantage, right? Where you can be a better product development company, you can be a better um, customer service company based on what your objectives are. And so that's why we say year of data, it's actually gonna be sort of a decade of data. Um, you know, if I think about how long we've been working at the IaaS push, it's gonna be a long time before we sort of figure out data adoption in the cloud as well. Right. Um, so the other thing we hear, uh, speaking of data, I, I would love to to know how you address the issue that uh, Microsoft is complex compared to other cloud providers. Why Microsoft? I mean, I'm talking about the end-to-end -end stack here. Well, I mean, I, you know, and I hearken back, I always think back to the old Mac versus PC ads because, you know, that Microsoft is more complex and a little stodgy. How do you address that? There's other there's other providers. So, sorry, what, you said there was someone. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I, I've heard that before. I mean, I've been at the company now for 17 years, and I can count on one hand the number of days where somebody says, why are you making it so hard for us, right? Um, you know, I will say there's a couple things about that. One, Microsoft is very fortunate in the fact that our core competency is empowering individuals and organizations to achieve more, right? Um, and that's an awesome, audacious, you know, mission statement, right? We do that with about 4,000 different products, right? Like if I'm like, let's, let's pretend for a second, I'm a CRM company. Yeah, I come in, I walk in the door and I say, hey, we've got this amazing CRM product that we want you to use. A bunch of other companies use it. You guys should use it too. And the client says, oh, I actually have like a, you know, a two-year contract with another CRM provider. You know, what does that sales rep do? What does that, you know, sales director do? Well, they just sort of say, okay, well, I'll call you in a couple of years then, right? Like I only have one widget, right? I, I, I'm gonna offer you my widget. If you say you don't want, it, I gotta move out. The 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 you know advantage to the Microsoft stock stack and and the disadvantage is the fact that we have so many products that work and interact with each other so differently throughout the product lifecycle. It is challenging, right? Like, do I have an Azure experience? Do I have an Office 365 experience? Do I have a Dynamics 365 experience? It, I mean, we used to have to have separate purchasing mechanisms for this. We used to have separate, you know, procurement and term dates on the products. We used to have separate features that didn't interact with each other. And if I would say, you know, there's one thing, obviously, I'm very proud of our engineering team and how we continue to innovate at the product level. The real value and the real innovation I've seen in the past five years is that we're working for these products to actually work together. You know, going into a team's experience and having access to your Dynamics 365 data, your LinkedIn recruiting and key candidate referral process, linking that with our internal HR systems, and then having that all geared up that I can click a button, co-author a document, and then directly email somebody all within that team's interface. That's that's something that is like, I know it's dorky. This is the Oh, it's not dorky. No, you're speaking my language. I live that all day, every day. And a couple of years ago, I actually had someone internally at Crayon say, Leslie, I wish you'd stop making us use Teams so much. 
I said, yeah. I'm, not making, I'm not making you use anything. I'm just yeah. lazy. I mean, I'm an efficiency yeah. expert. I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with the 13,000 emails in my inbox. Let's just have a chat. That's so, right. That's right. It's my excuse. My excuse is always like, just listen, I, I'm in Teams all day. It's my operating system. I don't consider it even Windows anymore. I just, I'm in Teams. If you can't do it in Teams, I don't have capacity for it. And that's a you know, nice, when, like I won't do when it. I, when I bring on new members of the marketing team, the very first day I say, here's how you get fired. <laughs> if you send me an email, you're fired. <laughs> we work collaboratively in the collaborative space. We share information. It's available to all. So, and I get it. And Crayon, I mean, we're drinking the champagne. I mean, we use Dynamics yeah. 365 with D365 for marketing, right? Yes. We we use Azure Cloud. We use Microsoft Office Productivity. My superpower is the Office Productivity. And yes. I can't even imagine trying to work in disparate systems for communicating and chatting and document sharing and storage, right? SharePoint. And so yeah. I'm thrilled to have that work with all of the other aspects, you know? There's there's still a lot of companies that do that though. Like they pay a lot of licenses to these individual products and then they don't have the integration or the experience and they got to log in here and they got to log in there. And then they got to, what's my password over here for this? Zoomy service or whatever, just hypothetically. So the, the point is, is innovating uh, around individual products is obviously a core focus of engineering, but how those products work together is the value prop of the Microsoft stack. But that makes it complex. That makes it hard. That, that, that makes it like, you know, if I said to a client, it used to be like, you're a Microsoft shop. What does that mean? That means you have Windows Server, you have Office, and you have Windows like PCs, right? Yep. Now you can be a Microsoft shop, but you can also be a thousand other different shops as well. And you can continue to grow your Microsoft footprint because you know, you've got customers that have been loyal to our platform for 30 years now. They're still not using every service that we offer. And so like, and you, I know you guys know this as Crayon, when you go in and do an assessment with a current company about like, hey, where are you saving money? Where are you creating efficiencies and productivity for your people? Where are you connecting with your customers differently? You immediately, it doesn't matter what level of maturity they are in cloud adoption, you know that there's other products and services that they could use that can make them even more better. And so it is complicated, right? Because your level of cloud adoption maturity doesn't matter. You still have products to evaluate and, and consider. And I, I sometimes wish we just walked in and said, hey, what are you using for spreadsheets? I got, you know, I got something for you, right? Um, sometimes I wish that, um, but I'm also, you know, uh, very happy to say that we've got, you know, an app for that, or we've got a service for that. Whatever the customer need is, we can help service that. For sure. Um, we are rounding the end, but I want to ask you one more personal question before we end. <laughs> what did you have a? Did you have a? You talked about. Um, the new year's resolution, you know, more sit-ups and less wine. Did you have a, did you have a COVID splurge or hobby or did something change demonstrably for you because of COVID? Yeah. I, you know, I've grown to like appreciate my family a lot more um, and, and, and really ask for time away from them a lot more. Um, I've got these stowaways in my house. My kids, they don't go anywhere. I, I, people tell me I'm responsible for them and it's so frustrating because um, they're just, they're here all the time and I'm here all the time. So um, I think my one COVID thing is we're lucky. Like, again, I've got three young boys um, and, you know, getting through with homeschool and everything else. 
my sort of routine, we're lucky we, we live really close to sort of a public park, a big blacktop. So the boys can go and play basketball and ride their bikes and, and do chalk on the you know pavement, you know, all the stuff. And so, you know, during COVID every day at like 5 p.m., I, I'm on kid duty. Like, just take these children is what I hear. OK, so I, I'm taking them to the playground. We're playing basketball, what have you. And over the course of COVID, there's a lot of dads and moms like me that are heading to the playground, right, at the end of the day where it's nice and sunny and people get off work. And so I turned into that sort of neighborhood dad that brought like camping chairs and a cooler and just brought some adult beverages for us all to sort of, you know, take advantage of at the playground. And I'm not talking about like, you know, like one of the snazzy, like logoed, backpack coolers i'm talking about a blue coleman drag behind you cooler so just picture <laughs> picture me the ctl in the u.s with like five camping chairs around one arm and then dragging this cooler along with a big ball bag that my boys have um, and so that was what i would say sort of my my covid splurge i have um developed some amazing neighborhood relationships as a result of covid and i have over consumed uh, all kinds of things um, throughout COVID. So that, I, I don't know if that's a splurge or if that's just a routine that eventually I should probably break. Yeah, an extension of maybe what was already there. I actually quit caffeine. I don't know how or why, but I I managed to somehow get that out of my life. It's been, I it's love been a game changer. I have tr I've tried that um, and and cloud junkie. I've tr I tried that and I quit it and it was really painful for two days, right? You actually go through withdrawals and your body reacts differently to it. And and I was awesome. I was like, great, I'm not, I'm off caffeine. And then I got back on caffeine and now I'm scared to go through that process again. I would, <laughs> I would love to give up the six cups of coffee I have a day, but now I'm scared for the withdrawal. So I, I, I gotta, yeah. eventually I gotta get there. Well, David, thank you so much. We're at the end of time. We really appreciate you uh, joining the Cloud Junkie podcast. And for everyone listening, don't forget to go to crayon.com slash cloud junkie to see this episode and others on our website. David, thanks again. Hope to see you soon. Thanks, Leslie. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Okay. Bye-bye.